Hello and welcome to another episode of Bullet Points, the new podcast where we talk about games that have guns in them. I am today's host, Patrick Lindsay, joined by uh, my favorite Canadian co-host, Reed McCarter. Hey. <laughs> my favorite British co-host, Ed Smith. Uh, hello. And we are also joined this evening by a very special guest. We have Jess Joe, the associate editor at Kill Screen. Say hi, Jess. Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming on and spending uh, the time with us this evening to talk about the game. But which nationality is Jess? <laughs> I I am like fourteen different, so she gets to <laughs> choose. She's a guest, she can choose. <laughs> choose your nationality. On, on, uh, I'll go. I'll go Brazilian, guys. I have cool. a couple to pick from, but I'll go with that one. You are you are now officially my favorite Brazilian guest <laughs> co-host. Perfect. <laughs> so that, that's your new business card right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, um, we're doing something a little bit different than we've done before. Uh, first two episodes, as you may recall, we've looked at first-person shooters. We're totally stepping outside that box, and we're looking at a third-person shooter, uh, Tomb Raider. The 2013 game that was uh, developed by Crystal Dynamics. Um, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to say about this one. Uh, who wants to start? Reed, tell, tell us a little bit about Tomb Raider and your just off-the-cuff first impressions. Um, well, maybe we should preempt this one by saying that we've done two episodes. We are now embarking on the third episode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like each time we've been uh, kind of harsh, right? Is that fair to say? I think we fall squarely in the tough but fair camp. Yeah, okay. Like my dad. Um, <laughs> and uh, so so we promised that after this episode, uh, we're going we're gonna to try to do a game that maybe we could get a little bit more appreciation out of. Yeah, we do like games. That's to not promise. be super curmudgeonly. Uh, so all of that is just preempting saying that I think this is one of the worst games I think that has come out in the last couple of years. It's, <laughs> it's, I think terrible in, in, uh, like a almost spectacular way, like in, yeah. in just, but it, it, it's, we'll get more into this, I'm sure. But like, you know, it hides it all under this veneer of, it feels really like snappy and fun to shoot things and mm-hmm. that's it. I am you know. primarily with you, Reed. There were actually one or two things that stood out as me being like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. But on the most part, or for the most part, on the whole, both of those together, um, this game is, I called it fractally bad because it is just bad on pretty much every possible level. Okay, good. But uh, there is, <laughs> Jess, there is, there is a reason that we brought you on here today, this yes. evening, because you are the internet's resident tomb expert, as, as Reed exactly, said. Exactly, exactly. Um, and you, you have quite a lot to say about Tomb Raider. I do, you know, as one of the only games uh, that I get to play as, um, you know, my, my species, the female species. Um, oh, I, I Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen one. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard... Um, because I want to like this game. You know, I really, I always wanted to. I kind of deluded myself into thinking I did back in, what, 2013? But um, but it's really hard to like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we'll start with asking, Have has anybody played any of the older Tomb Raider games? No. Yes. Okay. 
Oh, Ed has. Okay. Oh, I, I, have. I haven't for more than a few minutes, so okay. I'd be curious to hear what Ed has to say. Have you, Patrick? Yeah, definitely. I have not. Um, well, I, I've played uh, all of the PlayStation 1 Tomb Raider games and several of the, the PlayStation 2 Tomb Raider games, and uh, like with a lot of series, like, say, Metal Gear Solid, uh, I'm kind of baffled as to how Tomb Raider ever kind of got the reputation and credibility that it did. Uh, because even those early games seem to me kind of just incredibly dismal and uh, dull and sluggish and um, just very, very bad. Um, so I just I don't know how Tomb Raider kind of ever built a momentum. I don't know how it got started. I, I imagine basically that a lot of it came from the original Tomb Raider avatar who, uh, I don't know if you ever got these in the US, but over here in Britain, because the original Tomb Raider games were made in Derby, uh, she became a bit of a kind of national icon to the point where she was in adverts, like on the TV, for energy drinks and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, and huh. there's, a, there's a kind of soft porn, sort of page three lads magazine over here called Loaded. And, uh, oh, she... for British people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and she, you know, she was on the cover of Loaded in like the late 90s or early 90s or something. Yeah. So, like, Lara Croft was, uh, probably more popular than the Tomb Raider games here. Um, and I imagine that they, they originally kind of gained popularity largely because of her. Yeah, for sure. I think that's actually a, a good thing to talk about is Lara Croft is, obviously for many reasons different from the average shooter protagonist especially um jess what was your i mean have you played a lot of other shooters outside of uh, tomb raider yeah yeah i i, I really do like shooters like i mm-hmm. i like the feeling of <laughs> killing things sure yeah <laughs> but you, you know who doesn't um but i'd say for like especially for this game they just depend so much on like her as an icon you know like everything seems so bombastic because you know this is Lara Croft and and that's mm-hmm. kind of like what they're riding on for a lot of at least the opening sequence mm-hmm. yeah I thought about that like Jess when you were saying before too how you kind of convinced yourself maybe at first uh that you like this game mm-hmm. like I think the idea of this game is really interesting you know that you would like go back mm-hmm. to this kind of I don't I don't know how well how well uh, crafted her character was in the original ones. Um, I would. I have a guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm. Ed can cut me off if I'm wrong here, but the idea of like kind of going back to this uh, kind of flat character and like giving her a new origin story and like trying to make mm-hmm. her like an actual character is really interesting. Uh, it's like a great idea, and then you play this game, and like. The, I think one of the biggest problems is that she doesn't have a character at all, except in opposition to the other characters, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, her her entire character is like, I like this person, Sam is my best friend, um, mm-hmm. you know, like that, and that's supposed to some somehow mimic, like, actual characterization, yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's, it's worth mentioning that the plot of this particular game, um, just so people have some context if you haven't played it, Basically, Laura Croft is leading slash, I guess she's leading the expedition, and they're looking for an ancient Japanese civilization, and they end up shipwrecked um, on an island off the coast of Japan, and basically everything goes to hell in the handbasket, and she basically has to, a la Far Cry 3, um, rescue her 
kidnapped um, companions because apparently there's pirates on every island in the South Pacific. <laughs> um, and also figure out a way to escape. So that's the setup that we're working with. Um, and Which then, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's it's fairly workable. And then the whole game is basically just her. I I get I get the very strong impression that Crystal Dynamics was forcing with a very heavy hand this narrative that she's like developing and evolving and becoming like this this fighter and this strong character. Mm-hmm, for sure, yeah. Um, and I, I just feel like, you know, they kind of like put interesting things in place and then they don't do anything with them. You know, mm-hmm. like this idea of, you know, this is an island of survivors um, is like something that always is recurring. Um, and then at the end, you know, the main villain is like, you know, I haven't done anything that you haven't done. You know, we're, we're all here trying to survive. And then they just bring up this topic and then like the game ends and they're like, oh, well, wasn't that adorable? Like, and they just never address <laughs> mm-hmm. it. <laughs> It also yeah. has a really ambiguous ending, which I think they're mm-hmm. doing intentionally, but mm-hmm. that really bothered me. It, sure. You thought it was ambiguous? I mean, ambiguous in the... By ambiguous, what I mean is shitty, I guess I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what happens is, so spoilers, you escape the island, you're on a boat, some, like a fishing boat picks you up, and your friend says, like, let's go home or something, and you, Laura Croft ominously says, we're not going home, and then the credits roll, and you get really angry. No, no, and the best part is it says, what does it say, like, in bold? It's like a hero is born. A survivor is born, which I think is a very significant distinction. Yeah. I I actually know that that was very specific verbiage. Um, Yeah. They're very keen on making her a survivor, and I think that that gives us a lot to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why the first, you know, hour of this game is just... Um, Crystal Dynamics, like, putting Laura Croft through hell. Just absolute... Mm -hmm destroying her she's i don't i've never i don't think i've ever seen a screenshot of lara croft and anything but caked in mud and blood yeah um yeah and you know it's to have this survivor arc and i don't know if it really lands it almost gets uh funny at a certain point i felt like a real like piece of shit for laughing <laughs> at one point in the first hour when you know she's like fallen down a million things she's you know like she's all muddy and covered in blood and then she lands on something and gets that piece of rebar through her. Yep. And it's, like, awful. And I think the first time I played it, I was like, oh, awful. You know, it wins. But this time, I just, like, started <laughs> laughing. I was like, this is, you know, it's it's almost like a like a horror comedy at that it point. It is kind of comical because that happens within, like, the first five minutes of the game. And they never address it after that. She literally gets, like, impaled on a piece of rebar through her abdomen, and they just completely (laughs) ignore that that happened throughout the entire rest of the game. She's very resilient. She is. is. I I feel like there's something troubling when, um, you know, I, 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 from the top of my head, struggle to think of a game starring a male protagonist who goes through a similar... Mm-hmm. sort of gauntlet of injuries. Hazing ritual. Hazing ritual, yeah. And it, it, the implication seems to be that if you want to be a legitimate female character, you need to be proven and sort of tested mm-hmm. and, and sort of run through the mill. And, right. uh, whereas whereas male characters are just kind of accepted wholesale without having mm-hmm. ever, uh, excuse me, ever having to go through any of this kind of on-screen, like you say, hazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for the, the sort of survival, you know, we're, we're beating her up she's she's a survivor i think that there's this kind of really boring um retconning 
of gameplay to cutscenes where she gets beaten up and hurt and blah blah, but that never really translates or transitions over to how you control her. You still jump mm-hmm. and shoot and run in exactly the same manner as if yeah. she was uninjured. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it feels extremely tokenistic. It, you know, it feels very sort of visual rather than anything else. It's just kind of there for you to look at and go, ooh, for a second, but not mm-hmm. really sort of feel or, or reflect upon. There mm-hmm. is that one that one moment where you're so injured that you can't climb or yeah, that's what do I was any, of the, say. any of the parkour until you find the medical supplies in the helicopter, which is probably the most generic sentence I've ever said in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Other than that, it's it, it's that's exactly right. You like she shakes off pretty much everything to a yeah. ridiculous degree. Well, I think it's... it's just before we like before we would uh, go too far because. I think when when Ed says too that like she has to, you know, go through all this punishment to prove herself, and that's not something that uh, male characters are usually uh, forced to do. And I know there would be, you know, somebody who could listen to this and say that's horseshit. But when you look at this exact type of game, and it's almost like a complete analog to like uh, the Uncharted games. Mm-hmm. And I think the real difference is so you have something like that where like you know Nathan Drake is. Not to the same degree as Laura Croft in this, but he's getting beat up a lot too. But there's a certain way that it's framed in mm-hmm. uh, in this game that I think is like worth taking a, a minute to talk about. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, just in terms of like, I've actually written essays on how pain and being a woman are actually considered very much. Um, you know, you have to go through a lot um, in terms of beauty. In terms of, there's so many cultures that. Being a woman instead of a girl, uh, you re- really requires you to to show um, that you're willing to go through the pain of it, um, and you know even childbirth things like that. Um, but also, I think a lot of uh, from what I've seen from like executive producers and directors of this game, they really wanted to emphasize how players feel protective over Laura. So I think her going through a lot of pain and like making all those noises not only could excite some, but also, like, you know, kind of, yeah, it's disturbing. But, I mean, there's that whole, I'm not going to get into it, but there's that whole porn that used exclusively, like, sounds from the game. And, you know, like, they had a whole, like, hour's worth, you know, of of sounds. Um, Yeah, I don't think that's an accident. No, I don't think so either. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, you know, like, being the player as her, quote-unquote, companion is what they always call her. Instead of identifying with her, um, Mm. you're protecting her. I think that's actually a really important distinction because I don't think I've ever played a video game, a shooter or otherwise, where they've had to set up the framing of the player relationship with the protagonist so tentatively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is such a, you know, it's incredibly bizarre and I think kind of a huge problem with that we're going to, I don't know, if you play games, you notice this again and again and again. But I think if you kind of, come off reading books and watching movies and so forth the whole idea that you'd have to be kind of prepped to identify with a, a woman's point of view as a man mm-hmm. is, is a, just profoundly fucked up <laughs> yeah you know like just says i, I think uh, an incredible amount about about uh games yeah for sure and i mean like this was written by a woman there's a lot of you know I mean, I can't speak to, like, her dialogue abilities, but, um, she, you know, there's a lot of promise there, but 
It's almost like they escort out all the, you know, female themes and, you know, put on top of it like, no, it's actually about guns and explosions. Yeah. Don't pay. Sam is off somewhere. You can just like pretend you care about her. You don't actually have to care about her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's a, a much poorer game for it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and one of the strangest things is how kind of once you get past the first little bit of this game, how completely um generic it is you know and it really mm-hmm. had a chance like like you were saying jess with like you know you could actually emphasize the fact that this is unfortunately for video games it's unusual to have like uh, a woman be your main character and shooter at least and mm-hmm. they could have leaned into that and actually kind of gotten something out of it and instead mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> one thing that that stuck out to me is um you have these maneuvers that you can do where you can like dodge enemy attacks or you can um there are quick time events where you can fight off bad guys or whatever kill some wolves yeah even (laughs) even the wording that they used there was really suspect like for example she doesn't have a dodge it's called a scramble (laughs) what um she doesn't have a melee attack she shoves Um, like, I, I know it sounds really tiny and nitpicky, but these, no, like, all of these little things are, like, they're really trying to drive home the point that she is, like, not, for better or worse, she is not, you know, John Bioshock. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is no. funny, because we've seen plenty of shooters at Star Men who are not combat veterans, like Alan Wake or Dead Space or whatever, mm-hmm. and, um, that whole like setup kind of bleeds away after the first three minutes or so but not here mm-hmm. i i think that's i think that's very pertinent because i think that the the sort of fundamental tension that i feel when playing tomb raider is the game has this incessant desire this very kind of video gaming um made by men desire to sort mm-hmm. of maintain lara's sort of womanhood in the kind of virtuous and like guiltless sense, you know, like you say, she scrambles and shoves. She doesn't sort of attack and kill and dodge. Um, she's kind of doing this to sort of protect something about herself rather than like mm-hmm. attack, mm-hmm. Uh, because the game feels like it's trying to sort of yeah preserve her, um, almost like virginity, if you like, mm-hmm. if you want to kind of extend the metaphor to its sort of natural conclusion. But at the same time, like you say, the game concludes with the words "a survivor is born," and it's ostensibly the story of her, you know, becoming not, you know, having her eyes open, you know, it's like a sort of buildings Roman thing. But they never quite get rid of, they never sort of let go of this weird paternal protective rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they they have that character of Roth and he dies, I can't remember at what point in the game, sort of a third in or something like that, but uh, you know, and, and that could be like a, a quite a severe narrative turning point, but it, it doesn't really seem to change. The game doesn't seem to really change its perspective of Lara whatsoever. Um mm. I don't feel basically like she, at least in the sort of comparative video game world, does anything particularly sort of questionable. Um, I don't think that she ever really does anything sort of dangerous or or questionable or sort of guilty. Um, mm. Yeah. What in what sense are you referring when you talk about guilty? I, I just, I mean. They kind of they're, they're sort of pressing this idea of, of survivor and doing what you doing what it takes to sort of to live and get by and preserve and whatever. But um, 
it never feels it it, it, it doesn't feel like that to me it doesn't mm. feel like survi- survival to me especially in a game kind of means doing things that are sort of morally very ambiguous or, or not even ambiguous that are morally mm-hmm. wrong and sort of firmly characterized as such Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Lara Croft in Tomb Raider, everything that she does, no matter how sort of violent and bleak and whatever, the game is always kind of on her side. Mm-hmm. Um, is how it feels to me. It's kind of it, it wants you to sort of like her in the way, in a sort of perverted way that the game seems to sort of like her. Mm. Yeah, that's one thing I, I think. Like with male protagonists recently, they've actually been doing better. Like because everyone's you know everyone's talking about how the fact that, you know, we just shoot a bunch of people and no one says anything, but like, you know, Bioshock, uh, Last of Us, there's this imbued in it is this idea of like, yeah, you're a fucking terrible person. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. um, and it, with, with Lara, they, they do want to keep her, like, she is the game. I mean, there's, they have nothing without um, the sanctity of Lara as an icon. So they can't, they can't really let you doubt her, um, justifications or, you know, even her personality. She has to be this, like, really digestible, like, very pleasing. She likes everyone. And, you know, she has really good ideas. And it's very, it's very <laughs> yeah. odd. Yeah. It's like the girl you would take home, you know what I mean? Like, take home to your parents. and <laughs> Yeah, this, oh, yeah. In- this incarnation of Laura Croft does feel a lot like a like a Mary Sue fan fiction character. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, I think that's, that is, that makes a lot of sense. Like, part of the reason that she doesn't have much of a character is because I think they, you know, whether consciously or not, rounded off all the edges mm-hmm. that she could mm. have, you know? Yeah. Um, sorry, Patrick, you should be asking the <laughs> question, but I, I was just thinking when uh, Ed was How about you, you whisper and I will ask it. <laughs> Patrick, I'm gonna Don't ask actually you. do that. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> it doesn't read well on a podcast. No. no. Um, <laughs> But when Ed was saying that there's sort of a paternalistic view of her, and I, I don't, I can't remember. I think I noticed this a little bit when I first played it, but just those articles or the one mm-hmm. article specifically about uh, how in footage for the new Tomb Raider, you oh, know, God. Laura Croft is cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, I just watched that today for the first time before we recorded <laughs> this, and it's weird. She's always, you know, she sees a tomb and she says. You know, I wish you were here, Dad. And, it's ridiculous. It's at a and, ridiculous amount of times. <laughs> yeah, and even in this game, uh, she, to a to a very bizarre extent, uh, has needs the in-game paternal figures too. Like she mm-hmm. talks most of what her character definition is is like you know people saying to her like you're a croc, and mm-hmm. then you find out you know her dad was an archaeologist too. Blah blah blah. But then she like has this weird relationship with is it Roth? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's you know another guy who's who's her father figure and you know she can only grow and become like a complete character once he's died too. Um, mm-hmm. Totally. I feel like the writer of this had to like bargain with like Crystal Dynamics and was like, okay, okay, so it's gonna be about girls. Like you know there's gonna be <laughs> a a queen, but like don't worry, they're not no girls other than Lara are gonna be on screen and and you know we're we're gonna have <laughs> any time you know we start to get too female, let's just like bring back the dad theme. Let's you know get a little bit more dadification in there. You know I just yeah. like can imagine her like bargaining like. <laughs> this game is like dadified to the nth degree. <sighs> exactly, and like I actually. I think that Roth is actually supposed to be the player stand-in. For sure, yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good point. 
Um, and all of those characters on our ship, just to kind of pivot to that for a second, and kind of the dialogue and the characterization. Like, it's not just Laura who's kind of a non-character. Like, all her crew on the ship that, you know, wash up on the island with her are the most, like, sort of archetypal group of characters I think you could ever write. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, like, the tech nerd who has, like, a... What does he have tattooed on him? Like, an electrical diagram? It's a it's a <laughs> chemical formula. I oh, just okay. don't know which one. And then there's, like, the giant, you know, uh, laid-back... He's, like, Hawaiian or Samoan or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, like, the easygoing guy. He, like, makes like the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the Scottish sea captain who's, like... <laughs> Oh my god. The salty dog, yeah. <laughs> like, there are just so few actual characters in this game. So, this is going to be a complete 180, uh, mainly because I feel like we could probably talk about the thematic bullshit this game does all night, and we probably will continue to do so, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about the game as a quote-unquote game, Mm-hmm. Um, because there's really kind of two games that you play when you play Tomb Raider. The first is a really mediocre kind of like arena shooter. And the second is a really mediocre sort of like traversal platformer in the Assassin's Creed vein. And I don't think either of them are particularly great, nor do I think that they do a, a good job or even a passable job at integrating them together into one thing. Disgust. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just curious, like, how this has changed from, like, you know, the earlier games. Was it always this, like, shooty, or was is this something for, like, you know, the 2013 millennial audience? Um, the the originals were, were very slower, um, very much slower, more about exploration, more about platforming. Mm. There, were, there were enemies, there was shooting, but um, it was very dialed back, and it, it was quite secondary. Mm. Um the the 2013 version is is very much sort of you know in orchestra with with yeah with with, with games of sort of recent years. Um, I mean I I kind of struggle to generate any sort of tangible or particularly illuminating opinions on the shooting climbing in Tomb Raider because it's just quite passe and mm-hmm. it's just it's just what it is. It's just kind of gaming 101, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't find it, I don't find it like particularly sort of bothersome or egregious. I mean, I, I can understand where people say, you know, you've got these cutscenes that are quite trying and maybe trying something a little bit noble and, you know, she's a different character in the cutscenes than how she is in the game, but I, that, that doesn't bother me so much. That's just like a gamism. That's just mm-hmm. something that seems to go on and, you know, it's, it's going to take more than two Raider to change it. <laughs> um, I think that the key sort of the the key beef I have though in that vein, in the sort of failing of you know matching sort of narrative and and whatever with the game, is the fact that you have that scene at the beginning, um, which is something I'm sure we might end up talking about in in detail, where you know she's grabbed by that guy, where she's tied up and he's like you know molesting her and assaulting her, um, and that scene is all about you know oh it's a big deal that Lara kills someone this is the first person that she kills and we've got this whole scene about her killing this one guy uh, and then the rest of the game is just man after man after man after person mm-hmm. after person after person um, very sort of blithely done you know it, it goes from sort of a 45 minute build up to the first kill to 8 hours of killing 
Yeah. Um, and although it doesn't bother me so much, it's not something that I'd kind of like. I say it, it's a gamism. It's it's just it's just what games do, especially in the mainstream. It's just it's just what we sort of have. Um, it does just kind of. It just feels like a missed opportunity. It it, it feels yep. sort of boring and and bullshit and like a waste of time. That's um, what I was going to say when you said that. It's not actively bad, but it it. I I think that first you know, 45 minutes when it builds up to it, you see how it could be something a little bit more interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, absolutely, it could have been. But I asked, I spoke to one of the, the guys that made it. I can't remember his name now. It was Daniel Bisson or something like that. I can't remember what his role is. And I sort of put it, I, I went to play a hands-on preview of it a couple of years ago and sort of put the question to him. Basically, on these lines, you know, you spend ages building up this first kill, and then the game degenerates into all this killing. Is is there anything going on in the rest of the game, in the rest of these killing sequences, that at all ties back to the fact that you know Laura is new to this, so to speak? And he said that uh, at the, in the early sort of shooting sections, the guys are kind of very close to Laura, and the the shootouts are very sort of close range. As the game goes on, they become further and further away. They become physically further and further away. And the idea is that, you know, um, Lara's perception of violence becomes sort of more removed and distant, and she becomes less bothered by it as the sort of troops are moved further physically away from her. Now, I don't know if I really noticed that when playing the game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was an answer he just kind of pulled out on the spot. Did any of you kind of pick up on that at all? When you mention it, I, I guess so. Mm-hmm. But it definitely wasn't striking you know mm. in a because i guess the first few times you kill people it is kind of you're hiding behind a barrel mm. jumping out and shooting them and, mm-hmm. and then later on it's but it, that i think because you're kind of trained when you play you know you play games and you get kind of trained to that's just how a game progresses mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. every encounter is if, if more you're difficult be shooting yeah you get a few guys at first and then you get you know, at the end, you have a whole room full of enemies coming at you. Did um, anyone else notice that all of the cover mechanics were automated? I thought that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I'm just, I think it was interest, an interesting design choice. Better um, than Uncharted. I cannot deal with that cover system. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but yeah, what sorry. I did notice, no, sorry about that. Um, what I did notice is like different weapons. I would say like the first time it's an air, uh, it's a bow and arrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I actually noticed that it got a lot more intimate. The violence was what I noticed because like the shotgun is insane. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's yeah. pretty insane. Yeah, so like kind of like an inverse of what the. Uh... The developer said to Ed. <laughs> exactly. For you. Huh. Yeah, yeah. There are also these finishers that you can unlock because, of course, there's an unlock system mm-hmm. um, where she'll, like, oh, either yeah. take an arrow and stab a guy in the face or, like, perform some other sort of animation that's meant to be really cool and give you bonus XP that is, like, something a Navy SEAL would do or something like that. Yeah, this game loves showing you like dudes heads exploding and stuff it's uh <laughs> which is i think almost striking in a sense you don't see that um you know games are sort of i i know 
I've written about this before. I know Patrick has too, but you know, games are almost just kind of like, uh, to, to use the same term Ed was before, but they're very blithe about showing, showing killing people. Mm-hmm. And so it actually takes something to make you think like, oh, Jesus. And like this does it, and The Last of Us does it, where you have these like finishers where, you know, your your hero is slamming someone's head into the ground or you know stabbing them in the face, um, and the camera kind of lingers on it. But in this game, it doesn't seem to be for any purpose. Sure. Well, I, um, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I I again this this. I don't know if this is a particularly fashionable opinion, but I, I don't. I'm not really bothered by that. I actually quite like it. I, I quite like sort of movies like Die Hard and Apocalypto, where the sort of fundamental driving force of the action is how can we kill the next bad guy? What kind of creative thing can we come up with to kill the next bad guy? What's going to be like a visual flourish for this next on-screen murder? I actually quite like that. I just find it entertaining, um, and yeah. I, I'm able to I'm able to sort of differentiate between, you know that on screen and, and the implications of what it might have in real life. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I just kind of imbibe it and I, I don't really mind. Um, and I, I do think that there's something to be said for any game, especially these days, that has you killing people, but also at any point makes you go, ooh, you know what I mean? Like there's something to be said for yeah. that because yeah. it's become such a kind of just uh, almost like passive action, aiming and mm-hmm. shooting a gun and pulling the trigger at, at somebody. That getting any sort of reaction, I think, is is meritorious. Um, but that's it. I mean, you know, that, that's quite a mitigated praise. Well, that's kind of what I was. Yeah, that's what I kind of meant by bringing up The Last of Us as well. Is that I, I think in many ways that game was trying to make you uh, think about the cost of you know the, the I don't know psychological cost of violence, perhaps. I think I think actually this is a yeah, but I I think that The Last of Us and Tomb Raider. And games of that ilk, I think that where they differ from the, the films I mentioned, like Die Hard and Apocalypto, is that although they sort of indulge in this gore and this violence and these sort of flourishes, they they don't enjoy them. They're not sort of enjoying themselves. It's always there as a kind right. of oh my god, isn't that horrible? Isn't that so horrible? Like it's it's like it's trying to sort of moralize and and be sort of um, ashamed of itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that makes it kind of neither here nor there, because it's not like serious and sort of gritty enough for you to kind of take it seriously as like a sort of response or commentary on violence, but it's not sort of unbridled and fun enough for you to just sort of enjoy it as like a sort of movie moment. Um, yeah. yeah I, think that, we that... Should, I think we should talk about this like at length at some point, because I, I think mm. there's a lot to be said, you know, about how violence is used in games. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I think in this game in particular, um, because they are very keen on making the protagonist, or on differentiating the protagonist from other game protagonists in ways that we've discussed. Um, Jess, you have written a lot on Laura as a character and how she mm-hmm. kind of fits into the game world specifically. Um, I would love for you to kind of give us your your take on what they do with Slash to her and your thoughts on how that is effective or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think, you know, who was it? The, the you know, Islander cuisine guy. <laughs> yeah. he, he calls her, his, his nickname for her is Little Bird. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, I found that so 
irksome. I just like couldn't get over it. And like by the end, I was like, "We gonna call her little bird again?" She's like caked in blood, and <laughs> it's like, "What's gonna What's it gonna take?" You know, for Laura to um, promote, get promoted to big bird. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I just wish they would commit to something. Is basically what I, I like. They're kind of trying to, and I think a lot of shooters try to do this to kind of get at the, you know, um, as many people as possible audience. They kind of just don't make any decisions that would be interesting with with Lara. They kind of just make her um, pleasing, and and you know, like uh, you you m- maybe could identify and identify with her if you you know find it in your heart. But um, it's very much the like if they're gonna go if full in onto the survivor uh arc then why build her up to be um still by the end little bird you know like they don't mm-hmm. they don't really move from that they just kind of go back to it as a reference uh, instead of and i don't know i mean like the the that trailer the really controversial trailer uh with her in the therapist's office uh She's like antsy. She's like antsy. And, you know, maybe this is like them trying to be like, you know how Lara Croft cried when she killed somebody? Like, that Lara's dead. And I don't know. Maybe they're trying to go for that. That might be um, just less confusing as as characterization. Yeah, that would be interesting if they actually, you know, if they want to focus on this on this uh, survivor uh, part of her identity. If they actually did, you know, instead of throwing this weird therapist couch thing in, they could have shown mm-hmm. some of that in this game if they wanted to maybe say something or, you know, like you said, like commit to something in her personality. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything to, like, there's the one point in the game where she starts killing people and she's like pretty oh, that, to it. Oh, that point in the game. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, one part, part where she kills the guy. <laughs> yeah, she's like shooting a guy. Uh, but there actually is one part where she's like, you know, essentially like screaming. And like, like she's like psyched, you know. She's mm-hmm. she's Rambo at the end of First Blood, and <laughs> the when that starts to happen, you're like, man, maybe this would be something kind of cool if you're going to look into her. You know that maybe she's kind of uh, lost some balance or found something in herself that she likes killing these dudes, but totally never turns into anything. I, I think that's that. especially frustrating because that's a theme of so many other shooters that were released around the same time. Yeah. The whole notion of like the protagonist who does what needs to be done and then ends up losing his humanity. Um, but they don't do that here. No. And, you know, maybe it's good that, that they didn't do the exact same thing, but it would have been something. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Just the fact that she is a woman, that would have been different. I mean, like, there's a reason why I think they didn't is because it, it, it might make people really uncomfortable, you know, it, like, yeah. watching. Unless, unless you know, I can't really think of a character that unless they're the villain, unless they're, you know, in a horror movie and they're, you know, the monster. I can't think of any character where, like, a woman genuinely just, like, enjoys killing, but she's not the villain. She's a protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I think this is it. I think that's absolutely the crux of the game, what Jess said, is that they, they just don't commit to anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that line she has where she says, I hate tombs, is just fuck, <laughs> just... Oh, that's right! Fuck, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that, fuck that so much. Because the game's, the game's fucking called Tomb Raider. Don't waste my time. 
<laughs> I, I'm not playing. I don't want to play as someone who's fucking back and forth and, oh, I hate tombs. Like, no, you're <laughs> Tomb Raider. Raider Tomb. <laughs> you know, I just I just wish that they would, you know, just sort of put their chips on something. Say, like, no, fuck, this is what we're doing. Um, the, the whole game is just so incredibly self-conscious and mm. unconfident because it seems like they were spinning so many plates of, you know, we've got to reboot this franchise and make it kind of more politically acceptable for the current climate, mm. a climate that we don't really understand. But at the same time, we've got to sell as many copies as possible because it's costing us a lot of money. And then the, the, the ultimate fallback, the ultimate cop-out, the thing that I find most egregious about the end credits, not the a survivor is born sort of boom across the screen, it's the fucking thing at the end where they say, oh, we'd like to thank all the fans who have stayed oh, yeah, yeah. right. like, I Leave me alone. Fuck off. I can't do anything. <laughs> like, this is your game. You you made it. You put the work in. I, you don't have to thank me. Like, thank you. You you made a game for me to play. I just... Yeah, I, I can't stand the sort of timidity of Tomb Raider. You know, it, it mm. sort of portends to so much sort of graphic violence and um, pretends to sort of uh, sexual nuance here and there. But it, it's actually just tiptoeing around every single subject matter that it claims to pick up. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing. It's just nowhere. It's it's empty. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's like when I said at the beginning that I think this is one of the worst games of of recent years. I wasn't just being hyperbolic. I think that because I think it's kind of encapsulates a lot of the worst of what happens in in big budget games where mm-hmm. uh, everything seems calculated and uh, mm-hmm. sort of focus tested and you know, you have to make sure you don't alienate a certain segment of your audience. And I think so much of that is this game. And even the way Laura herself is shown in this game, and they made such a big deal out of her being, you know, it's it's like what Ed was saying when you're saying they, they want to make it more acceptable for a 2013 audience that they don't quite understand. And all the marketing about how she's, you know, has more realistic proportions and everything, which is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Because uh, she still looks like a Barbie doll. Just with, yeah, I mean, yeah. like she went from being like a J cup to like you know a D cup. Like congratulations, right, yeah. Crystal Dynamics. Like you are revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, it's all you know. It's 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 a lot of. I don't know, and I think there's almost something with this game too, where some of the marketing told you more about what they were trying to do than the game does. You know, mm-hmm. like the thing with she's more realistic. She's you know it's a gritty story, and she's a survivor and everything and it's just it's but nothing's in the game it's that's why i think it's it's actually one of the worst games in mm. quite a while because it's so so toothless mm. one of the things i found funny which actually dovetails um with something i read of yours jess is so she goes through the entire game with one outfit which is kind of standard for video game protagonists um but she's wearing this like spaghetti strap tank top <laughs> And throughout the course of the game, as she gets, like, the shit kicked out of her repeatedly, like, they show that her, like, like her shirt will get ripped, like, strategically. Yeah. Or, like, she'll get she'll get a hole in, in the shoulder of her shirt, like, yep. her tank top underneath shows through. I'm like, seriously? Like, she just <laughs> fell down a mountain and got attacked by wolves yep. and shot. Like, how is she not just dead? Oh my gosh, I know. And like, it's like uh, spaghetti straps, as my personal experience, just not that strong. Like, just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, probably made in China and just not that strong. 
Well, you're not going on archaeological trips with your Kevlar. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Kevlar spaghetti straps. <laughs> um, yeah, that kind of stuff too with her. I mean, some games do that as well with the, you know, uh, like the Batman games where its cape starts getting all, you know, gunged up as it goes on. But this kind of ties into with, with the strategic, you know, where it rips and everything is, mm-hmm. is all to yep. accentuate that she's mm-hmm. sexy, right? And mm-hmm. it's really, I think, kind of like puts a point on the whole idea that this game does very strange things. Like, uh, I don't have a problem with a game trying to be sexy if it's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's hard to, to put it the right way. If it knows what it's doing, you mm-hmm. know, or, or is honest about it. But this game has this weird thing where it's trying to do this, but it's also trying to be, like, bloody, and, you know, and then right. it ends up conflating uh, violence and sex and not in, like, a happy, whatever, do-what-you-want way, in, like, a someone is getting rebar through their stomach way, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, it's and trying... you're supposed to be... It's like you, you get the feeling that they want you to be aroused by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, totally. which is, I think, a really bizarre thing, this idea of conflating... I don't know. It's it's also like a very North American thing as well. The idea that sex has to be on the sort of downplayed, but the violence be as extravagant as you want. But then the two become mm-hmm. conflated as both like you know edgy kind of things. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I rambled yeah. on a bit about that, but no, I totally agree. And I mean, as I have like the opposite you know experience from you guys, which is like that I have always played games as a girl, like and all of the characters are men, and inevitably, some of them are quite attractive, you know, so I you know it's like you can still I know for a fact that you can both identify and also like find someone on that you're playing as sexy, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels like they have to like dumb it down or they're nervous to try to do that it's it's very weird well i mean there if i'm remembering correctly and i could be projecting but i i think that there was actually there are people still in 2015 the year of our lord um <laughs> complain about like having to play as a woman mm-hmm. um which is weird. Mm-hmm. Very weird um very yeah weird doesn't even begin to cover it but <laughs> Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, Reed, you, you said that this game kind of embodies all of the problems of big-budget games, and I think it does so mechanically, too. Like, this game is filled with, like, collectibles and unnecessary backtracking and really poor narrative integration. Um, did anyone, like, actually try and hunt down those fucking GPS cache things? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. No. Okay. It's like, yeah, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it gives that impression that it's, it's sort of back of the box type stuff, you know, or, uh, yeah, or a press release type thing, you know, mm-hmm. there's it's, it's, hours of content. Yeah, it's, it's hashtag content. It's, uh, not meaningful. It doesn't have, there's no reason to do it unless, I mean, whatever. There's reason to do it if you just love playing the game so much mm-hmm. you know but there's no reason for it doesn't incentivize doing it you know it's not going to give you some special advantage right i'm pretty down on collectibles in general in games um and i think this one's not not much different i think collection can be fine if the if the actual process like 
what you're doing is enjoyable, if you enjoy the traversal or the puzzle solving or whatever. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I did like some of the like parkour stuff in this game. I just thought it was way too underused. Um, and I don't think that the the game the game's strengths because there are a few things that did fairly well. I don't think they actually paid attention to those at all, and instead they tried to focus on telling this really deep dark story. And all the other kind of mechanical and collectible stuff was almost more just like a checkbox, which is a shame because I think it could have been fun to have a game that was more about raiding tombs and less about developing mm-hmm. post traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, I actually totally agree. There's, you know, they emphasize so much in the, um, when they're quote unquote establishing Lara's character, um, that, you know, she's smart and she, you know, knows about these things and she has hunches and she's good at these things. And then they kind of never use it, like, other than really, really basically. Like, she sees a picture of, like, a son and, like, a woman, like, who's bigger than everybody else. And they're like, She's like a queen, obviously. Oh, like I could have told you that, Lara. Like I, I don't need she a PhD. Takes so like... long to put that together, too. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't yeah. fully put it together until the very end of the game. It's exactly, hilarious. and it's it's bizarre. Like it could be really interesting. Like that's, I mean, that mystery. From what I understand, like you know, playthroughs I've watched of the first uh, or the earlier games. Um, that is so much of the intrigue is like, you know, she's raiding these tombs and she's um, discovering things. And, and, you know, that's like part of why Uncharted is, is great is, um, you know, really developing these, these plot lines. But this first game, I don't know. I mean, from the 15 minutes of gameplay that we watched at the second game, the upcoming one, um, it seems like they're going back more to that, but um, you know, like just, instead of just setting it on this island where like there's just people shooting at you there's just no um none of that like awesome ancient feelings of mystery you know mm-hmm. i mean laura croft is a special character in that she does a thing that other characters don't do which is she's an archaeologist and she's trained and she has knowledge um at no point is that ever really a <laughs> critical part of her character excuse it's more me just sort patrick of like... but nathan drake is an archaeologist <laughs> you're right he is i apologize <laughs> i apologize to uh what's his name nolan north that's the one All right i almost called christopher <laughs> nolan can you believe that I, oh god i think a really north. good a really good um a really good comparison for laura croft as seen in the 2013 tomb raider is uh Ripley from Alien Isolation because uh, mm-hmm. she's an engineer um, and the majority of the game's sort of puzzles and interactions involve you having to fix machinery and yeah. uh, it's kind of, it's very sort of deliberately characterised that the reason she's able to survive this situation uh, above, the, above other people is because she can sort of open these doors she can fix these machines, she knows how to kind mm-hmm. of work the ship mm-hmm. whereas other people didn't and that's why they were killed because they couldn't sort of navigate their way out of these places. Um, and that's like a really, a really well done piece of kind of matching what you do, not only to who you are, but also to like their occupation and their unique expertise and them as like a, as a, as a person. Um, whereas, yeah, Lara Croft, oh, she's an archaeologist, but that just means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, it really yeah, doesn't you, amount to you know, anything. It doesn't amount to anything. She's an archaeologist by. You know, passport only. Um, where I, I mean, at least in the early games on the PlayStation, you were in these kind of vaguely 
archaeological situations, and it was always, oh, I've arrived here because I'm looking for the last golden cup of Planexta or something. You know, I mean, like, it, she was there for sort of a, a sort of, although slightly filmic and grandiose archaeological sense, she was there for an archaeological sense, you know, in an archaeological sense. Right. Um, whereas this, she's not. She's just washed up on this island and getting kicked in the face for eight hours. Um, <laughs> so, again... To... Oh, sorry. It, it, I would say, it, it just comes back to that whole I hate tombs thing. This whole, we just cannot, we cannot find something about this, about this character, about this script, about this idea to commit to. Um, yeah. I, I would have much rather have played the Tomb Raider game where, well, basically origin stories I think are just fucking boring. Like, who cares where they come from? It's, it's not where they came from. It's the fact that they can do it. I don't give a shit why Batman is Batman. I just want to see him fucking being Batman. Um, mm-hmm. and with Tomb Raider, I want to, Raider Tomb. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to be the Tomb Raider. I don't want to be the woman getting fucking pipes through the gut. You know? She's she's Lara Croft Tomb Hater, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's boring. It's dismal. It's ugh. yeah, yeah. It's a shit. I I do think that the game was definitely at its strongest when you were exploring those optional tombs. Mm. It's a shame that there are I think like five of them in the entire game. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, what I was, what I was thinking as well is, uh, they they do eventually try to kind of show that she has some, at least like the anthropological knowledge of a of an archaeologist, but it's very shoehorned in at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it never really turns into anything. Like she's she's exceptionally thick, you know, that she sees <laughs> yeah. these. Yeah. For especially you know for an archaeologist, she sees all these. You know, she comes into these abandoned temples with signs that are very clearly the player figures it out, I think, faster that it's about a ritual of, you know, sacrificing people. She takes a really long time (laughs) to get to that. Um, But they, you know, I I think like Uncharted does a pretty good job of at least kind of showing the player uh, a legend from a different part of the world, you know. Um, mm-hmm. In the Indiana Jones way, and this one mm-hmm. kind of tries to do that with the you know the Japanese wind goddess, but very sort of slapdash and kind of hurried in, especially toward the end. It very much seems like they wanted to make a game that was a sequel to the Tomb Raider franchise, and that was their only sort of their only sort of directive was all right, include Laura Croft as the protagonist, <laughs> um, and then they just made a really boilerplate. Um, third-person action game and kind of just like slapped her name on it is what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like you said, Reed, she's not only is she an archaeologist, she is like, this is her specialty. This is literally what she's been devoting herself to for however long. So yeah, it does make no sense that there are all these moments of uncertainty and indecision that she has when she encounters these ancient glyphs or what have you. Yeah. They could they could have done even just something as throwaway as her finding one of those kind of you know make the player look at it for a little while and piece together some stuff you know show that she has a notebook or something or you know just something. <laughs> she's not allowed to have a, note- a notebook. She's not Nathan Drake, guys. So <laughs> give her a pair of glasses at least. Come on, <laughs> that'd be great if she just took out a you know artfully broken pair of glasses and put them on when she when she found a girl. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I guess just out of curiosity, uh, Jess, what does if you were to this is I know this is a bullshit question and I apologize in advance, but if you're like I'm gonna fix Laura Croft, what would you mm. have liked to see? This is a job um, well, like. <laughs> um yeah like where where are you where is Lara Croft gonna be in 10 years um I would <laughs> I would definitely just like fundamentally like I mean as a writer you know I know the one thing you do when you have a character is you give them a flaw and right. um I can't tell you what Lara's flaw is other than like her writers you know what I mean so I would say just like uh giving her some sort of uh, I wouldn't say, like, vulnerability is exactly what's necessary, but some sort of chink in that armor of, like, that perfection. She's, she's like you know, vulnerable. <laughs> right, yeah, like, she's, I mean, she's crying all the time, but that's not the kind of vulnerability I'm looking for. Right, yeah. Um, I'm thinking more, like, you know, maybe, okay, so she's, you know, has this character of being perfect. Like, let's go into that then. Let's see why she needed to be perfect, why she felt maybe, you know, I, I know her origin stories in the past have been, um, you know, her parents uh brought her through finishing school and like gave her all these like to be a perfect British woman um, in a high class society. And, you know, maybe that's why she feels the need to be uh, perfect to everyone and, and agreeable, but that doesn't play into it at all. You know, there's no explanation. There's just kind of like, mm -hmm. here's who she is, this watered down mm -hmm. um, person. Or even just like, and you actually games. got a chance recently to see some new footage, uh, like the Gamescom stuff, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Are you hopeful? Are you not hopeful? <laughs> well, um, as I said, it just seems like they're like what they are committing to now is um, the datafication stuff. The you know making her every right. time she finds anything, she's like, "Dad said something about this," um, <laughs> and it's just kind of um, so they're like doubling down on on you know what I what I found the most weird in this game, um, and then. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to mechanics, but I think there's a reason why we are finding it a really hard time to even touch on them. You know, there's just nothing to say. There's, mm -hmm. It's just so bland. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. <laughs> still yeah, going to play it, though. I'm still going to play it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting artifact because it, it is a different game just by virtue of the fact that the protagonist is treated so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it's at least at the very least interesting to watch developers try and figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is just like our when we talked about Deus Ex and then we ended saying, you know, that next one, I hope they, <laughs> you know, I hope they really kind of lean into what they were trying to do here, or mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. grasping at, you know, I, I would love to be to see this next one come out and be surprised that they actually kind of went for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love if in the next one she's just like totally arrogant, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like she's just like complete she's... asshole to everyone. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like you know, Nathan Drake gets to have wisecracks mm -hmm. all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. One of the uh, one of the things I kept thinking as I was playing this game, is, and then again when the ending happened and it was confirmed that they escaped, I was I was thinking like, what do you do after this? Like when you go home. Like when you get on the plane and go home from this trip, like what's the, what do you do? What's because, your Facebook status update, really? <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I would just call into work every day and be like, "Look, this is what happened to me, so I'm not coming in." <laughs> you go to your like. Therapist, I, I mean, right? I mean, I mean, joke, right. jokes aside, it's it's a very significant experience that she went through, and I 
when I first heard of the therapist couch trailer thing, I thought it was interesting because they were at least acknowledging that, hey, like, not just Laura Croft in general, but video game protagonists are, like, tremendously fucked up people just by mm-hmm. virtue of all of the things that we make them do. And I, I think that was one of the first instances that I've ever seen uh, a developer try and, and handle that. I think the fact that it's one of the mo- more prominent women in games is not an accident, but that's, mm-hmm. I mean, baby steps, I guess. Yeah. I I personally like to sort of hijack the question of what I would, what, what would, yes, you, what, what would you do to Lara Croft and, and sort of referring to this, this trailer of her on the psychiatrist's couch. Um, I feel like games and, and films as well have developed this fucking poisonous obsession with psychology. They're obsessed with psychology. They're obsessed with not just characters doing things, but why they're doing things. And in the hands of like a, a really talented writer, that can be interesting. In the hands of the people who work at Crystal Dynamics and game companies like it, uh, it inherently feels cynical and, and tokenistic and, and empty. And, and again, like sort of pussyfooting of we can't just kind of enjoy ourselves and have the violence. We've got to sort of explain why it's happening. Mm. Um, and I, I actually do, I find that the psychology, as it's kind of addressed in games, is is incredibly dull. Um, and sort of slowing and, and treacly and a sort of very unnecessary complication that's, that's never sort of fully grasped. Um, so what I would do with Lara Croft is just, is just completely dispense with all of that. And just, she is the Tomb Raider. That's it. She's just Tomb Raider. She's not the kind of, you know, I don't want the sort of sexualized glyph that she was back 10 or 15 years ago, but I also don't want this kind of worried, concerned, crying, <laughs> um, you know, timid, unable character who is constantly sort of concerned about why she is what she is. Like it is just... like borderline obnoxious, isn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it? The reason it's the reason it's obnoxious is because uh, I feel like the writers, or at least I feel like the writers, basically don't have the context for it. I I, I don't feel that the, the sort of psychology that they claim to be addressing and sort of talking about is something that they've experienced themselves. It doesn't feel like it comes from any context of their own. Or at least if it does, or that properly, doesn't make it into the game. Yeah, or properly consulted, you know? Yeah, not not consulted, not researched. It's just, you know, we saw Batman Begins, and we saw what they did. <laughs> but, that, but honestly, that's it. Like Since those Nolan films became successful, this idea of why are characters the way yeah. they are? Why are, why are superheroes superheroes? It's just gotten into everything. And you just get these sort of half-baked, reheated, vaguely, sort of superficially psychological films that are really insulting. Well, the idea to... a little bit is the writers should know why their character does what their character does. Precisely. You don't every single time. You know, you don't have to uh, show the audience step-by-step why this happened you could do it you could do a good tomb raider game like i would think it'd be interesting if in the next one she you know makes an offhand comment about that she needs to go and uh putting herself in life endangering situations now you know and just sort of an offhand comment that you know maybe what she has gone through she wants that more and more but but don't spend the entire game talking about that and do flashbacks to her on a couch you know, like just just show that maybe that's the effect of of being born a survivor. I think the survivor thing is kind of born out of necessity because game. I mean, it's it's the lowest common denominator 
the whole shipwreck survivor escapee thing because games need conflict um games need obstacles and an unexpected situation like the literal desert island scenario is like the cheapest and simplest way to do that um and if you don't have the external like the really blatant external motivation like that then you actually have to think about your characters and come up with context that makes sense and um we're not really good at that yet as an industry yeah mm-hmm. well is there is there anything else to say about this this uh tomb Piece right there <laughs> <laughs> Like I feel the need to say it again too on on behalf of uh, this podcast too that we're not. I, I feel like this is the zenith of, of us being assholes, and <laughs> so much so that we brought on Jess to be forced. The, the thing is, though, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bad game to use shorthand and to kind of summarize what we've been saying, but. It's also, I think, a significant game, and it's definitely mm-hmm. a game that's worth inspecting and looking at for a variety of reasons, um, both related to the industry and related to just game design. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's symptomatic of, of a lot of different things, a lot of different problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm also... I'm, one... Sorry, head. I was about to say, I'm kind of... I don't know. I'm I'm happy to sort of reach a zenith on this game. Like I I don't feel like it deserves much more than collected contempt. And <laughs> no, but, but, but but really because it's it's received such a pass elsewhere, and somehow again like the, the early two major games earned credibility uh, in the sort of general gaming industry space that it it really needs someone to sort of say no fuck this. Because it's it's bad. It's like it's it's genuinely bad. Um, yeah. So no, I, I'm I you know I, I wouldn't even bother to sort of clarify any of the criticisms here or or to mitigate them whatsoever. It's it's a very bad game. I think that is a uh, probably the most concise and to the point summary of any game I've ever <laughs> been privy to. Well, I'm on. I, I, you know, I, I work to word count. So. Yeah, very 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 true. <laughs> TLDR, it's terrible. It's it's a bad game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can yeah, I derail fun. this for just one second and just sure. why do you think this game uh, found so much success though with with uh, critics? Um, because game critics are toothless and yes, they're 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 not very well read. They don't bother to scrutinise properly the things that they're playing, um, and they praise things in their own defense like if we say mm-hmm. lots and lots of games are good then it means that we work in an industry that's providing valuable artwork um to sort right. of admit that games are sort of generally bad especially ones that have been so well publicized and budgeted uh is mm-hmm. saying that our jobs are a waste of time which is a stupid yeah. stupid way to look at your work like you you know because that's not true at all but people just want to feel good so they will say what they're playing and writing about is the same also, yeah. there's a lot of uh, of talk from outside of the gaming world about the potential merit or lack thereof of games. And you see it a lot, not just with this game, but any game that even sticks a toe over the line of like the norm or the status quo, instantly right. a lot of critics and journalists are just singing its praises uh-huh. for, da- mm-hmm. for days and days and days, regardless of um, whether or not the game has any substance to it. And I think that this could potentially be another one of those cases. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think they had just like a really good PR team too. I don't know like exactly what to call it, but like, you know, we want to believe in this, like the mythos of Lara, like everybody, you know, whether you're a girl in games and like she was the only, you know, character there or you're a guy in games and like, you know, you remember spending so much time with this character and, and, you know, masturbating, know, masturbating to exactly. So they're like, you know, she has this power. Um, and I think, you know, they used it so well and like, you know, posters and and amping us up um for the hype train and then it's kind of it's gonna be this letdown you know i think that's why we're also really harsh on this because for me at least like i i i wanted to believe in you tomb raider yeah Um, it's it's very easy to feel (laughs) deceived yeah 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 no sorry that was kind of an aside but i i was thinking about that a lot when i was playing it why there's sort of just this positive association and i was thinking you know the the shooting is is decent you know mm-hmm. it's mm. nothing exceptional it, it gets the job done the bow and arrow is kind of cool i don't it know it's cool yeah but other it than that cool, yeah. you know it's it and it looks okay it uh so i was just trying to think of like what made it stand out but i think those are all you know those are all really good answers especially jessing to the marketing on this one and the the yeah. like, adolescent childhood association with this character oh yeah they're they're riding that train all the way to the bank yeah i i feel like that that what people sort of wrote about was not necessarily what the game was about but what they were told the game was about um yeah you know people that's kind of a common yeah 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 so it was you know it was sold as this old psychological exploration of laura croft this reinvention of an icon we're doing xyz and reviews kind of wrote it as, yeah, they are, because they said they are, without sort of considering whether they actually did. Um, it, the same kind of thing happened with Spec Ops The Line, where, oh, we're doing this mm-hmm. huge like anti-war, anti-violence thing. And everyone's like, oh, they've done this huge anti-war, anti-violence thing, but didn't <laughs> really address whether that actually happened. Um, but Ed, know. white phosphorus. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously... That is the best and most nuanced. Oh my god, yeah, that made me really consider everything I've ever done. And I think wasn't... <laughs> and that wasn't. It wasn't like ham fisted or cat handed or on the nose or sort of stupid <laughs> or, or blunt or ignorant or blind. Uh, no, it was none of those things. It was, it was artwork. I think. <laughs> I think one takeaway you can get from this is uh, if, if you're a reviewer, read your fact sheet that they give you after. <laughs> After. Do you want to know an interesting, mm. a, an interesting fact about? I, I reviewed Tomb Raider when I was at a, a publication that received press releases and, and like fact sheets. What score did and, you give it? Uh, I <laughs> I don't remember, but it was good. I, I my review was really positive. I I admit, like I I got caught up in it. I I yes. was originally very defensive of Tomb Raider. I, I thought it was fantastic when I first played it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only it was only when I kind of sobered up and had a fucking brain transplant that I changed my mind. <laughs> Um, no, but the, I remember specifically in the fact sheet that came with the review, and this was a really interesting thing, um, this, this really sort of brought down to me the fact that the people who made this game didn't quite realise like how shit it was, was uh, they forbid you from mentioning in the review the line, I hate tombs. You couldn't say that in your review. <laughs> Shut up. You, no, wow. no, ser- seriously, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't mention that they said that in the game, because I, I imagine that they thought that it was such a kind of funny and like cute sort of postmodern little reference and it was going to make people go ha 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 that they didn't want it to be sp- they didn't want it to be spoiled spoiled that's beautiful yeah, yeah. 
You know, I think um, one thing that I really like uh, just right out the gate noticed about this game, like more than any shooter, more than any action movie, like it just does not give you time to breathe. Like it just doesn't, I think, and I think that's a purposeful thing, the pacing. Like mm-hmm. you can't, as a reviewer, like you are not given time to think at all. And that's on purpose. You know, I mean, most games do this. Like they're like, okay, go get the thing. Like, you know, right after a big scene and and they don't want you to kind of slow down and really think through the plot because it probably doesn't make sense. Right. So, and, but it, like particularly egregious in this game. Um, I mean, even like, I, you know, I was astounded with how quickly they just dump you on this island and like destroy everything for her. There's no, yeah. you know, first hour of introduction or anything. I don't even think she has, I mean, there's that one conversation where they decide, yes, we're going to go to where I say we're going, but that's pretty much it for like establishing yeah. shots for her. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point too. And I think that's uh, when you're, I don't know, it's maybe too, too much criticism talk, but when you're trying to review something that's action, it's, it's a good idea to uh, take a step back. Mm-hmm. And and see if you if you feel like you're kind of being railroaded past things that might be worth thinking about or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Tomb Raider, released in 2013. 2013's Pu- Tomb Raider, the only developed by Crystal Dynamics. Um, if you haven't played it yet, there is certainly a lot to talk about. Um, it's fairly cheap now, especially with a new one soon to be coming out. I think I picked it up for 20 bucks or something like that. Um, this is, uh, for better or worse, not your grandma's Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly for worse, I will say. But... Yeah, my grandma hated this version of Tomb Raider. <laughs> like, back in my day. She said, hashtag, not my Tomb Raider all over her Twitter feed. <laughs> Was that uh, I, I've seen her account? It's XX four twenty reads grandma XX sixty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's her. Three sixty no scope. Yeah, she she can't stand you. <laughs> I think she teabagged me in Halo. Yeah, yeah, that would be her. Oh, grandma, <laughs> always teabagging. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was us us doing Tomb Raider. I promise. Next time we uh, we meet. We're going to prove definitively that we do actually like shooters and that they can do good things. Still be negative about it, though, I'm sure, at times. Critical, not negative. Critical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patrick, but, uh, yeah. Patrick, I, just I, in I, case I, you forget, though, what do you give this game out of 10? Uh, 7, of course. Okay. Ed? Yeah. Uh, I was leaning again, with like with Deus Ex Human Revolution, I was leaning towards a kind of 6.8. But mm-hmm. I think that the I Hate Tombs line pushes it to a solid 7. <laughs> That's great. Well, of course, yeah, I think uh, it installed no problem on my computer. And I was <laughs> able to get Tress Effects running now, which was great. Uh, so I give it a 7 out of 10. Jess? Um, I'll give it a solid uh, a 6 out of 10. I'm going off the kill screen metric, guys. We... Tough crap. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's like the metric system is involved or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but this has been another delightful episode of Bullet Points. Um, once again, we were joined by the uh, awesome Jess Joho. Thanks so much for coming on. We really enjoyed having you. 
Thank you so much, guys. It was a blast. Where can uh, we get? Where can we learn more about you? Find things that you do and write and say. Um, you can go to killscreendaily.com, soon to be just Killscreen, but for now, Killscreen Daily. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at LionGirl528. What about uh, what about you, Ed? If, if I wanted more of, of, of Ed Smith, where would I find him? Uh, you would find me also on Killscreen, actually, recently, uh, and also on Twitter at MostSincerelyEd. Okay, Reed, go ahead. Uh, I will say too those pieces that Ed has put up especially if you listen to our Deus Ex Human Revolution episode the last one uh, read Ed's piece on uh, whether or not Deus Ex Human Revolution portrays transhumanist society that's on kill screen I thought that was pretty pretty dope I read that this morning and I when I when I was writing it I was writing it constantly with a big poster up saying make it dope for Reed good so (laughs) I'm I'm glad that that's that's come through. I have the exact same poster. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I keep dragging this out. Uh, I'm at Reed McCarter, and you can find me all over the place. But since we're all talking about kill screen, I'm on kill screen once in a while. And uh, nice. I am on Twitter at Han Freakin Solo. Um, my my writing can be found all over the web as well. Um, I like to pop up a lot on Paste, and I've been doing some stuff for Playboy lately, which I would love it if you checked out. Yeah, there's lots um, of good stuff going on over there. Right true now. story. But yes, thank you once more for joining us. Uh, this has been the third episode of Bullet Points, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you all next time, colloquially speaking. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.